Thank you for joining the Southeast PTTC podcast series. Every episode covers an important topic pertaining to the work of substance misuse prevention professionals. Stay tuned for more episodes coming soon, and be sure to visit us online at pttcnetwork.org backslash southeast. Welcome to Advancing Prevention Science as an introduction to the Southeast PTTC and Interactive Forum. On this episode of the Southeast PTTC podcast series, we are joined by Dr. Mark Wolfson, co-director of the Southeast PTTC. We will give an overview of the Technology Transfer Centers Network, as well as the Prevention Technology Transfer Centers Network, before going into detail about the unique characteristics of the Southeast region. We hope you enjoy this podcast. Welcome, everybody. Thank you for your patience. Uh, I'm Mark Wolfson from Wake Forest School of Medicine and the Southeast Region 4 Prevention Technology Transfer Center. So welcome. So here's our agenda for this afternoon. Uh, we'd like to give you an overview of the technology transfer centers as an overall network, and then an overview of the prevention technology transfer centers specifically. Then we'll talk about some of the unique features of the Southeast region of the United States, the region that we're funded to serve. And then we'll have an opportunity to get input from you on what the needs are in your state and your community in terms of prevention workforce development. So let's begin with an overview of SAMHSA's Technology Transfer Center, or TTCs. So the TTCs, the network, includes three different kinds of centers. There are the Addiction Technology Transfer Centers, Mental Health Technology Transfer Centers, and Prevention Technology Transfer Centers. So the shorthand is ATTCs, MHTTCs, and PTTCs. And each of these networks includes 13 centers. They include a network coordinating office, a National American Indian and Alaska Native Center, a National Hispanic and Latino Center, and then 10 regional centers. And these regional centers are aligned with the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services regions. So again, we're region four. So let's talk about the PTPCs, the Prevention Technology Transfer Centers. So here they are, and you can see our center, the Southeast PTPC, in the upper row, the fourth from the left. So there are all the regional centers, and then in the bottom right, you can see there's the National American Indian and Alaska Native Center and the National Hispanic and Latino Center. So the purpose of the PTPCs is to improve implementation and delivery of effective substance misuse prevention interventions and to provide training and technical assistance services to the substance misuse prevention field. And the idea is that these services be tailored to meet the needs of recipients and the prevention field and that they be based in prevention science and the use of evidence-based and promising practices, and that they leverage the expertise and resources available throughout the network, throughout all of the regions. So here's a map showing the regional structure, and here is the southeast region highlighted. And you can see that this is a big region, eight states. It's got a very large population, over 60 million, and uh, Dr. Kim Wagner will talk a little bit about the unique features of the region in a few moments. So here are the states in the Southeast PTTC. 
served by the Southeast PTPC that are located in Region 4, Alabama, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Mississippi, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. And we're delighted that we have representatives on the webinar today from nearly all of those regions. So again, thank you and welcome. Here's our team. Here's our leadership team. So again, I'm Mark Wolfson, uh, Nicole Augustine, Kim Wagner, Carlton Hall, who will all be on the webinar today, as well as other partners, Tracy Johnson, Rayleigh Pickett, and Stephanie Walker. And our PTPC, our center, has experience across a range of topics in prevention, including communication, and that includes communication campaigns, public education campaigns, community organizing, planning and evaluation, population-based prevention, prevention education, professional growth and responsibility, and public policy and environmental change. So our plan for the PTPC is first and foremost to build relationships with stakeholders throughout the region. That's a, a process that we're well into already, uh, and Dr. Wagner will talk uh, a bit about the assessment that we've been doing, including engaging with each of the uh, members of the National Prevention Network in our, in our region, as well as local uh, coalition folks and uh, prevention provider agencies. We're working to assess the needs in each state and the region as a whole, and then to develop webinars, training, and e-learning opportunities to address the needs that are identified. And finally, our plan is to engage the next generation of preven prevention professionals. So, with that, I'd like to hand it off to Dr. Kim Wagner, who will talk about some of the unique features and characteristics of the Southeast region of the U.S. Thanks, Mark. So, hi, everyone. Um, I'm Kim Wagner, and as Mark said, I'm going to give you a really brief overview of the characteristics of our region. Um, I believe Mark mentioned that we are the largest region uh, represented, uh, with the PTTC comprised of eight states. And in fact, we have, um, uh, we represent a very large population of the U.S. We have 20% of the population in this region, which accounts to about 64.9 million people. So compared to the U.S. population as a whole, um, our region has a higher proportion of those living in rural areas. And we also have a higher proportion of African Americans in our region. In addition, we have a rapidly growing Latinx population. When you look at substance use patterns, um, across the region, we find that um, folks in, in these states, have, we have more adult smokers compared to the U.S. as a whole, and we also have um, a high rate of youth smoking. Our region is also heavily affected by the opioid epidemic, um, especially with overdoses. And when you look at the state-level policies across our region, um, generally we have strong alcohol policies. However, we have weak tobacco policies and fairly weak opioid and prescription drug policies. So why is this important? So we're looking at um, all of this data in addition to the needs assessment um, where we've talked with the NPNs um, in seven out of the eight states, um, as well as prevention providers and community coalitions to determine what the needs are in those in, um, in these specific states and localities um, to determine the best TA and training modules to, to develop. So with that, I'm going to turn it over to Carlson and Nicole to talk about the new stuff. Thank you. So for this next section of the webinar, we'd like to make this a little bit more interactive. 
uh, to kind of look at what are the needs of the prevention workforce, those who are on the call. So Colton and I are going to kind of lead you all into a little bit of a discussion, as interactive as we can be. I'd like to encourage folks, if you notice there is a chat box, uh, to encourage you all to utilize the chat box. We will pre present questions to you all, and we'd like to get your feedback on what are your workforce development needs. So our first question is thinking about what are the most pressing needs that you all are seeing in your community? Uh, related to your work in uh, substance misuse prevention. So if the folks who are on the call can take a moment to look into the, the chat box, um, and I'll give you about a minute or so to think of responses to this, and if you can uh, chat your responses, that'll be easier. Uh, sometimes when we unmute folks, we get a lot of background yeah, noise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so please just take a moment to think about what you're seeing in your community that would be some of the most pressing needs. Uh, building community capacity on a small budget. Folks, we're going to give about uh, just another 30 seconds or so, uh, but this part of the uh, webinar is really vital for us. Um, the P our PTTC is really attempting to be responsive to the needs, and as uh, Kim mentioned, uh, we are serving uh, the largest region um, the largest population, the most diverse population base um, uh, of all the regions within uh, uh, the system. And so it's really important for us to be able to hear from you what your needs are. And that's really what this webinar was designed to do, was intended to be uh, a conversation with you. So thank you for responding. Uh, these are some really good ones. So what have you seen so far, Tim? I mean, um, Nicole? Sure, we've got uh, building community capacity on a small budget, engaging community-wide active support of our initiative, and marijuana prevention for you so far. Extraordinary. Extraordinary. Oh, there's more coming in. Addressing CBD, unrestricted use, cannabis, jeweling, underage drinking, vaping. Wow, thank you guys so much for being so responsive. Impaired driving, youth, nicotine use, Opioid use uh, gets a lot of attention, but is there far less attention given to benzo misuse? Vaping? Wow. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. This is great information. So why don't we go on to the next one. This, this, these were great responses. Thanks, folks. Um, we have about four more questions that we're wanting to go uh, through in this section. And so um, really um, grateful for your input. And so uh, the next question. Uh, it really deals around um, your technical assistance and training needs. And so um, where is it that we might be able to uh, connect you to either resources or, or support for your training or technical assistance needs? If you can take just um, a couple of minutes uh, and jot down uh, some of your responses to that question, uh, we'd really appreciate it. I, uh, so the question is, do we mean training for our staff or training for community members or board members? All of the above. All of the above. What are, what are the needs um, and where and how might the PTC uh, be of support uh, uh, to furthering your goals, your efforts? Communicating and framing concepts of prevention to key stakeholders. I know that's important. Absolutely. What are the training and technical assistance needs? Funders have asked for... Uh, Analysis of strategy, cost analysis, uh, communication campaign on a shoestring. Wow. Yeah. 
Oh, how to market our impact in the community? So just about 30 more seconds on this specific question, and then we'll go on to others. Um, we, uh, we know that in all of the eight states, your, um, the needs are very different. Your, what you're facing is completely different from one state to uh, the next. And so uh, this portion of our webinar is really geared towards trying to identify uh, from state to state what is important to you. How to better work with the health department. Mark, could you speak maybe just a little bit about how we may be situated to be able to be of support to some of these needs, particularly that last one, how to work better with health departments for the medical. Yeah, so one thing that would be helpful to us, I think, is uh, maybe to hear a little more about what your thoughts are and what the current experience is with working with in any of these areas, including uh, working with health departments. But, uh, you know, because we need, a, a, I think, a, a, a more nuanced understanding of where the gaps are, where the challenges are. So we really view this webinar as just opening the conversation. And so we would encourage uh, you to follow up. You can follow up now in the chat box. And maybe we can unpack, uh, you know, a few of these areas because we have a little bit of time. Um, but, you know, generally the way uh, we can operate is, is, is if there's an identified need in the region, uh, we can try to marshal resources to respond to that need. And so there are different modes that we can use for addressing it. It could be a webinar. Uh, it could be, uh, in some cases, in-person training, uh, intensive technical assistance, and one of the real emphases of SAMHSA is e-learning. So uh, we are uh, developing a number of e-learning process uh, uh, packages. Uh, in addition, there's a strong emphasis at SAMHSA uh, in, throughout the PTTC network in not reinventing the wheel. And so one of the things we can do is, as we uh, get a better sense of what the needs are, whether it's working with health, local health departments or doing cost analyses, if it's not a particular set of expertise that we have, uh, we can connect you, we can look throughout the network. Um, so all 10 uh, regional centers, the nine other regional centers in the PTTC network, as well as the Native American um, Center and the Latino Center, and see what resources are out there. But, you know, the first step for us is really to hear from you and hear what your needs are. And, and thank you for that, Mark, and, and, and uh, thank you all for your responses. We're hearing quite a bit through this, uh, uh, and one of the things that I see as kind of a theme is, is a real uh, kind of interest in vaping and what's going on there, and, and, and Kim, I know you've been working a good bit around that particular area. Any thoughts with respect to, with respect to that? Sure. Absolutely. Um, so it's... Um, Definitely an issue that um, I believe folks on here will know that the FDA has said it's an epidemic among youth, and so we're seeing youth turn more towards vaping and um, less towards smoking cigarettes, for example. Um, and we've been doing some work um, in the schools to try to better understand from youth why they're using. So, um, not surprised to see that come up as, a, as an issue that folks are facing. Thank you. And so we are kind of working with uh, a good many resources to kind of pull together tools uh, that would be of great use. And some of the uh, needs that you all have identified will help guide some of that development. 
Can we go to the next question? Sure. So our next question really is thinking about as a prevention provider and a professional, what does prevention workforce development look like in your state? Does it exist? If it does, in what way does it exist, right? Because uh, one of our primary goals, the purpose of the PTTC is really pushing forward the prevention workforce so that we can be as effective as possible in the work we do. So it'd be really great to kind of see what does prevention workforce development look like for you right now in your state. And if you don't mind, when you make your comments, can you just put your state initials? That way we can get a sense of where you're coming from and which state you're referring to. Great, so there's someone sharing that in Washington, um, they have a year-long fellowship program for recent graduates. Nicole, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit about uh, certification, because that's an issue uh, of, uh, of interest to us. And we've been hearing it's an issue throughout the region. So can you talk a little bit about um, certification issues? Sure, sure. Yeah, so um, some of you on the call, many of you called may be familiar with the CPS certification, which is Certified Prevention Specialist, uh, which is, you know, coming from ICNRC, which is our International Credentialing Board. And there's a lot of focus now on prevention moving towards certification as a way of giving our field and giving the work we do validity. One of the things that we are focusing on in our PTTC is how can we support the prevention workforce in becoming certified? And what are the challenges with certification? Yes, so I, am, I do realize that folks can't see everyone's comments, so as the comments are coming in, we are uh, sharing them. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, so let's see here. There um, have been a few comments made already so far. Uh, in North Carolina, it says we have a technical assistance center that listens to feedback about what our needs are. Uh, North Carolina includes, this includes web-based resources, webinars. So there are a few states in our southeast regions that do have state-based technical assistance providers, which is great. Uh, let's see. Also, we have Georgia mentioned that we do have a prevention specialist credentialing process. We have that in Georgia. Uh, let's see. What else do we have here? So nor a comment from North Carolina, we ha have a much improved level of training provided for those interested specific in prevention. So it looks like there are some states even represented here on the call, who focus on uh, professional development and workforce development in some sort. Giving a minute for any more comments to come in here on this one. Nicole, let's go ahead to the next question. Sure. Because I think it, it dovetails quite nicely uh, with the prior one. Um, and so certification, as Mark brought up, has become um, a really important uh, idea that is being pursued in a great many states. Um, we're curious, though, in your state, are you seeing this as something that is being prioritized? And so the prevention certification, YT and RRC, and uh, your individual state board, are you connected to that? Is this a priority that you are coming in contact with? Is this a need that you perceive? Uh, and if so, um, please share that with us. So uh, I just want to hear from you via the chat uh, what your thoughts are in terms of this being a priority in your state. And could you also identify your state um, in, in your response? So Carlton, would it be helpful for people from different states to say high, medium, low, that it's high priority in the ah. state and medium priority in the state or a 
low priority in the state? That would be very helpful. Thank you, Mark. Um, and so I, please do so as you, as you all have heard. Okay, so let's see here. So it says North Carolina has a few financial incentives for becoming certified. Looks like Washington State has very high priority for certification. Uh, let's see, we've got Tennessee on here also. Okay, so uh, in Tennessee, we've been working um, on this for a year as it's required by our state grant funder okay. to become certified. Okay. Almost no one in, oh listen, in Florida, it says almost no one in Florida, even in the field, has heard of CPS. So it sounds like with Florida, it's a low priority and probably not a certification that people are very knowledgeable about. So Mark mentioned our, our agency prioritized certification, ah, but there are no financial incentives yet. So this is a part of some of the struggle we see because prevention certification is so new that even if you have states that are mandating it or prioritizing it, there isn't this financial pieces attached to it like you see for other certifications. And that is a challenge for our field for sure when you talk about staff turnover and keeping good folks working, those can be challenges. Looks like there's an interesting comment from Tennessee. Okay. Uh, Tennessee says, I think it's a high priority at the state level, but they don't provide a lot of help with getting it in Tennessee. Okay. So a disconnect, priorities high, but not enough help and resources coming in. Um, also, another from Tennessee says Medium, Department of Mental Health has a program called Tennessee Recovery Navigators. Um, it's also been mentioned, uh, oh, it's difficult to figure out what to do, how to get it, and where to get it. Yeah. So, so there seems to be, you know, quite a variety of, of, of experiences of, as it relates to certification. Uh, while I think many folks believe that there is a need, right, while there are some that are deep, uh, prioritizing it, uh, some of that information is not really getting out to the vast re uh, region, even within individual states. And so I think uh, uh, we're getting some really good feedback here. Uh, thank you, Rachel, for providing the, the resource that you provided. Um, and we'll, we'll share these resources and comments. Um, and then the last comment that's here is just noting that there's no longer a, an official study guide for the test. Um, and as there were in the past, there's only a guide that exists from the state, and I believe it's Rhode Island has one. Yeah. There's a couple. Yeah. So, yeah, definitely some needs or some gaps um, are being identified. And part of what it is that, and one of the reasons why we're bringing these questions up is because this is part of our conversation um, and planning uh, in terms of how uh, the PCC can uh, be a resource to you all um, and help hopefully uh, be a guide to uh, helping you all to achieve uh, what you're looking for. This is good. Let's go on to the next question. Uh, you got that last comment. Oh, and the last comment, it says, I see, unclear information about keeping certifications and the trainings needed. Uh, let's see. Also, each state has different requirements, so it can be very confusing. Uh, looks like it'd be nice to have online practice tests. These are all really, really great suggestions excellent, excellent. for needs that we could potentially meet. So we, we've talked about um, or asked questions to kind of get kind of what's going on in your state um, from a point of need. Um, we're really interested in what's working well in your state as well. So. Could you all provide us with a bit of feedback uh, in terms of 
what's going on in your state uh, that's actually helping to enhance the prevention workforce. So uh, please share with us uh, some of those things that you've been in contact with. You might be even associated with some of those uh, resources. Uh, interested in knowing what's going on in your state, please identify the state as well in your comments. E-learning course is for prevention professionals in Washington State. Excellent, excellent. Uh, some other things, uh, state-level TTA, um, which we mentioned earlier, there are quite a few states in our region who, have, who already have technical assistance and training. Um, APNC, which is specific to North Carolina, there's an APNC professional membership group. Would you like to say what that means? Uh, it's the Addiction Professionals of North Carolina. Let's see. Uh, a lot of folks are mentioning that their states have TTAs. The state office uh, engages their providers. Collaborations are great in the county I work with. Thank you for saying that. Uh, someone also mentioned NADAC, and I'm assuming they provide trainings and, and resources to the prevention workforce. So, so the point here is the fact that um, uh, as a PTTC, we are preparing ourselves to be of support and uh, help to all of those um, to build upon some of the successes that you all have achieved uh, throughout your state. And so we're reaching out, we're engaging with you, we're trying to find out uh, what's going on in your state so that we can be a support and a complement uh, to some of the great things that you all have going on um, while identifying where you all may have some gaps that we may be able to help meet. Uh, and so thank you very, very much for, for all of the responses. Hope could you share with us kind of what's going on or what we've heard so far? Sure. So we have begun to talk with the folks, folks in our region, folks like yourself, uh, the NPNs and, you know, prevention providers and coalition leaders, um, asking the same questions we asked you all today. And we just wanted to provide you all with some of the broad strokes of the needs that came out of these conversations. A lot of these I'm sure you all will agree with. Uh, feel free to use the chat box to respond to any of these or to say yay, nay, I agree. Um, but here's some of them. So underage alcohol use came up a lot. Substance abuse prevention skills and workforce development, these two came up a lot. Just saying that there, there's a need for focusing on really improving the skills and prevention workforce. Uh, working with rural populations, uh, opioids, marijuana, and tobacco, but specifically we talked about this earlier, not just cigarette smoking anymore, uh, but vaping and e-cigarettes. Looking at how to utilize environmental strategies, maintaining program fidelity, so again, that goes back to workforce development. What do you do when you need to make changes to a program? How do you do that? Capacity building for prevention, focusing on communication campaigns, the certification again came up. It was mentioned here uh, on this webinar. Something that came up a few is trafficking, and specifically drug trafficking. Let me clarify that. Some folks may go another place with that word. <laughs> uh, and then state-to-state -state peer mentoring. How can we do a better job across the prevention network, across the, the region, sharing information so that we can all be on the same page? And then, of course, this focus on evaluation. How do we do a better job of that? So this is a terrific list, I think, and it's interesting to see how it dovetails with many of the things that we're hearing today. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, I wonder, uh, maybe we can look at the, at the chat box and uh, 
And uh, I wonder if people would like to uh, put, enter into the chat box any of these that particularly resonate with you, uh, that seem uh, particularly salient in your, in your state. Yes. Yeah, so, so if you can identify those that, are prior, that you would prioritize for your state and indicate the state that you are from as well, that would be very, very helpful. So we're saying need more professional state-to-state -state sharing to know what's working. Yes, yes, yes to state-to-state -state mentoring and evaluation. So the Florida Alcohol and Drug Abuse Association is yeah. being something that's very helpful. Absolutely, mm -hmm. yeah. Tennessee, support of cross-sector collaboration. Ah, so we have a comment about being in a very rural population in uh, Tennessee. Finding data to tell our story is difficult. Yes. Yeah, sure. yeah. Absolutely. This is really great information. Let's see. Uh, Washington, e-cigarettes have been a key issue, uh, especially since the minimum age has been increased to 21. Yeah, so tobacco policies are something that's coming up a lot for folks. Uh, something new here, urban settings, evidence-based environmental strategies. This is really helpful, folks. Thanks so very, very much. Right. We were we were hoping that this would be an interactive conversation, and so we really appreciate your participation. Mark. Yeah, I wonder if uh, one of the things we asked in, in doing our formal assessment was uh, when we talked to the NPNs and others in each of the eight states, do you have a, a particular mode of delivery of technical assistance or, or training that you prefer? Uh, so e-learning? face-to-face uh, -face, uh, training or technical assistance, uh, regional meetings, would it make sense to pull together people from prevent prevention professionals from throughout the eight-state region, uh, in-state uh, trainings, so uh, a training pulling people together from uh, across the state, um, webinars, what, what are the best modes of um, delivery that worked the best for you? We've got face-to-face, -face, regional meetings and webinars, e-learning, of course, <laughs> with a smiley face. That one was from our e-learning uh, expert. <laughs> that, that one doesn't count. <laughs> so from Florida, regional meetings. A lot of folks are saying regional meetings. <laughs> oh, we love you, Jeff. <laughs> Yeah, so that's a good point about it. It really depends on the subject matter mm -hmm. and the length of the training. Right. Uh, excellent, excellent point. Mm -hmm. Yeah, combination of all virtual meetings. So and yeah, annual regional meetings. So this has given us a lot of a lot of food for thought um, as we are looking at our own plans and how we might be able to manage the resources provided through the PCC because we have support to you all. This was our first foray and uh, attempt to introduce the PCC to you all um, and hopefully uh, let you know that we are a resource uh, that you all can look So thank you so very, very much for being a part of the conversation. Nicole, uh, what are the things that are coming up? Sure. So we have a few uh, main events coming up soon. We want to offer you all these opportunities for, one, seeing the products that we can produce and, and accessing our resources. Our first main one coming up is actually the held in North Carolina at Wilmington. For those of you who are not familiar with North Carolina, Wilmington is our beach area. 
So it's a lovely place to come. But if you visit the NC FAD, we are actually doing the prevention track this year, which would be a great opportunity to get a lot of credit hours. I believe it's about 16 total credit hours if you attend just the prevention track, but you can get up to 30 hours total if you attend the entire school. Nicole, is that training uh, restricted to folks from North Carolina, or can people from other states participate? It is open to anyone. So that it's a, can be a great opportunity to meet other prevention professionals, professionals in uh, addiction, treatment, and recovery fields altogether. And I believe you said it's, at, it's near the beach. It is near the beach, and the organizers are smart enough to know that people love beach time, so the last two days are actually half days to allow people time to vacation to the beach. <laughs> so it's a really great opportunity. I encourage folks to, to check it out. If you are able to, it would be a great way to, to get to meet us and have a more intimate setting of prevention learning. And we're really, really excited. Um, we have someone and, and an organization that we're really, really proud uh, to um, partner with uh, for the development and delivery of an upcoming webinar. Um, Actually, a hero of mine, Dr. Robert Dupont, Dr. Bob Dupont, uh, and his daughter, uh, Dr. Caroline Dupont, uh, will be with us uh, to present a webinar on youth prevention and the One Choice for Health campaign, um, really centered on a lot of Dr. Dupont's vast experience. Um, being the second drug czar in the nation, being the first head of NIDA. Uh, he has more than 40 years, four decades, uh, working in the field of prevention um, and is still uh, contributing at the highest levels. We are honored to be able to have uh, Dr. DuPont uh, uh, present uh, a webinar uh, with uh, his Southeast Prevention Technology Transfers. And that will be coming up on August. Yes. So um, as we come to a close, I just want to say a couple things. One, this was our first webinar. Uh, two, this is our first time using this technology. So we really appreciate you all having patience with us on this technology. I think there are a few changes we may make. Uh, there's some pieces that we weren't able to use today. I appreciate you all giving us feedback that the chat box is blocking some things. So thank you for that. These are all things we will modify and work on. When you're finished, uh, when you log out, you will be immediately directed to a Gipper survey. Uh, so please, as Mark mentioned at the very beginning, of complete the survey. It is how we let SAMHSA know that this webinar exists and that it happened. But it also helps us uh, provide better products too. So please give us feedback so we can get better at the work that we're doing. There is contact information here. You can access us. Uh, by social media. If you're on Facebook, Twitter, you can also access us there and get uh, updates on uh, future trainings and webinars. Our website is also a great place to visit. The PTCC Network website will get you access to all of the PTCCs and any of the resources from the entire network, which is great. Uh, any other closing comments from the team? Well, thank you, everyone. Thank you for making this first webinar uh, a success. And let me just uh, really reemphasize what Nicole just said. Uh, and, uh, and Carlton said earlier, we, we really need your input. We need your feedback. And so please feel free to uh, uh, follow us on Twitter, uh, call us, 
email us and so that we can have a better understanding of what the needs are in our region. Our website is a great way to access information about our available training. We are using our social media platform, so they have links to registration, any events that are coming up. So I do encourage you all, if you're into Twitter or Facebook, that is a great way to always be kind of uh, updated on what's happening. Okay. Well, with that, thank you all so much for your time today. And we look forward to hearing more from you and providing a great service. Have a wonderful day, everybody.